My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. This we have the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Apollo, and I'm very, very happy to be back with you all. We have a packed episode for you tonight. Um, So we're just getting our guests on right now. And uh, we're going to talk about a lot. We've seen a lot of absolute nonsense from uh, the media, who, again, likes to push a narrative that everything is fine. There's nothing to see here. Uh, We are going to talk a little bit about the election results that were uh, released by more than one news network in the state of Michigan over a week before the primary actually took place. The primary is tomorrow. Um, And yet last weekend, uh, two days in a row, I believe, uh, we spoke about it when we had CanCon on, they released election results. They released election results for a primary that had not happened yet. Uh, So we will very shortly have, um, we will very shortly have uh, an update from Stephanie Lambert uh, regarding one of the cases in Michigan, as well as Chris York, which is going to be awesome to have him on. He is a former Sequoia Voting Systems employee uh, who attempted to blow the whistle. And he's got a lot of, a lot of information that some of you may not have heard before. Um, so I'm going to get them all on, and we'll be right back. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my new product from Pillow: Towels that actually work. Watch this absorbency test. Here's another towel that we randomly went out and bought. Here's one of my towels with the nice design. I don't know if you can see this, but you could line a swimming pool with this. This is crazy. Get rid of it. Towels that actually work. The new MyPillow towels are exclusively made with 100% USA combed cotton with proprietary technology and with maximum absorbency. They dry you faster and are guaranteed to work. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free or get my classic premium MyPillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products. All right, well, welcome back, everyone. We have, uh, in just a few short seconds, Stephanie Lambert coming on, and we have uh, Chris York. He's having some internet problems, but he should be on momentarily. Um, So this is big. Uh, Stephanie is going to give us an update on the case. If you missed the episode that we did with her, I believe it was two weeks ago, uh, regarding the 
the EPB sticks, the complete mismatch of information that was coming out of the state of Michigan from the Secretary of State, uh, and including the expert, expert report that we went through, which I encourage all of you to read. Uh, that should be on Joe's Telegram. I'll post that again today. Um, but again, this is a cyber forensic expert who analyzed the data, said, yes, absolutely there are vulnerabilities. Yes, absolutely something is going on here. And why would the state of Michigan zero out all the timestamps on the data um, that was FOIA'd? Why would they want to hide that data? We know that the Attorney General there, the Secretary of State, ordered clerks to delete the EPB sticks to destroy them. Makes no sense. Violation of law. Um, but that is that is what we're dealing with. So uh, we do have Stephanie Lambert here with us. Uh, Stephanie, welcome to the show. I know you've got some big updates. Hi, Apollo. Thank you for having me on. Um, I, I do have some updates. We are looking at FOIA data in Michigan provided by the Secretary of State. And it's interesting. We have requested the same day uh, voter information who registered on November 3rd, 2020 was requested by an attorney in Michigan. And we've compared that data to who the Secretary of State has as voting on November 3rd, 2020. And so over 60,000 people are listed as registering as same day voters, but 22% of them are reflected as not voting. So according to the Secretary of State's data, She's essentially saying that 22% of the people were, you know, passionate enough to go to the poll, register to vote for the very first time, and then they left without voting. Uh, the other analysis that's been done uh, reflects that 51% of these same-day voters uh, are reflected as absentee voters, which obviously makes no sense as well. So we have a problem with 73% of the same-day voter data provided from the Secretary of State. Now, 73%. So now I want to clarify, because there was a lot that came out the last time we had you on. When you say 73% coming from the Secretary of State, what kind of differences are there from the local level? Is that 73% in you know comparison to that? Or just in general, 73% of it doesn't make any sense? No, this is separate data. So the point request done for how many people went to vote same day registration in Michigan, right? So uh, in Michigan, we have registration. If you go to get a driver's license, you're automatically prepared to vote. So this is a list of people that were not previously registered to vote prior to the November 3rd, 2020 election. And so this is her data of, of over 60,000 people that went to the poll to register to vote for the first time. And according to her data, 22% of them are not reflecting as voting, reflected as voting. Okay, so she is essentially saying that 22% of the people of that 60,000 left the poll without voting. <laughs> uh, we have, uh, if you don't mind, do you have a couple minutes, Stephanie? Sure. So we actually have, um, we have a a good friend of mine and an amazing man we have uh chris york who used to uh he was a he's a former employee of sequoia uh voting systems he worked with eric coomer uh you know up until the time that uh that he did end up leaving he actually attempted to blow the whistle and 
you know, shockingly, I know this might surprise all of you, they didn't like that all that much. Um, but we actually have him here. So let me see if I can get us all in together. Um, I'm going to, Chris, I'm going to put you up and uh, I'll fix this while you talk. If you have, uh, first of all, introduce yourself and then if maybe you have anything to weigh in on what Stephanie just said. Well, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to hear what she said. I barely got connected. Um, well, Stephanie, if you uh, want to just recap real quick, maybe. Sure. Um, Chris, in Michigan, the Secretary of State's data reflects that over 60,000 people were not registered to vote and went to the poll and did same-day registration on November 3rd, 2020. According to her data, 22% of those uh, same-day voters that registered did not vote. So they went to the poll, they, they went through the effort of registering to vote, and then they decided to leave, according to her data. Okay. Well, they can they can say just about anything they want these days. I right. Um, it, it doesn't make sense. And then and then 51% of those same day uh, registration voters uh, are reflected as absentee voters. Well, yeah, they're with all of the mail-in stuff. Yeah, they want everybody to be absentee anymore. Right, but it doesn't make sense that they registered on election day and voted absentee, which the cutoff in Michigan. Oh, right. Yeah, I missed. I missed that. Right, you register on election day. You have to be there to register and then vote absentee. Yeah, that's a tough one. Right. Yeah, so I don't know anyone listening if this, any of this uh, surprises any of you, but. Uh, do they? I assume they haven't given any kind of explanation for this yet. Uh, no, and I'm I'm hoping for one, right? I, I mean, was there manipulation going to say took place, or are they going to say their data is wrong? Was it the vendor's fault? But obviously, that doesn't make any sense. That 51 percent of the same day register uh, list is reflected as absentee, and then 22 percent didn't vote. Uh, there was a group that actually conducted a canvas of the 22%, and every single one of those uh, voters said that they did vote, and, and they should have been reflected as voting, and uh, that they, in fact, voted Republican. Hmm. So, there's nothing to see there. Um, and Stephanie, I know... Uh, I know you have you have short time, so you let me know if at any point you do need to go. Um, but since uh, <laughs> since we have you both here, uh, if any of you remember, and this is actually a big uh, the the big thing that I ended up talking with you, Chris, uh, over the weekend, uh, we talked for over an hour on Friday because you had seen uh, earlier in the week us talking about the election results being released for the state of Michigan. This is something that we saw in Georgia as well. And they, for, you know, I'm sure some really great, solid reason, they released election results over a week before the actual primary had happened. And you said very simply um, that, no, there is no explanation that they're giving which makes any sense, that uh, <laughs> a news agency 
Uh, here we go. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to put this up for everyone. I want you to pay attention to what we're looking at here. We have election results, and there's another one, uh, which I can find in a minute. But they released election results for whole slew of candidates. This is the full ticket, I believe. And you're looking at the winner of the race, 445,000 votes. Ryan Kelly, 218,000 votes. So I'm going to let you take the wheel here. Um, but they had a brilliant, brilliant explanation. Uh, and CanCon sent this to me. It was, how is it you have election results when we haven't voted in the primaries yet? An affiliate is testing our system, our election system. Who's the affiliate? And then eight hours later, they say, thank you for your concern. Our apologies. We have been testing our systems with the Associated Press. The numbers you are seeing are not actual results. We've cleared the numbers. The actual primary results will populate after the polls close on Tuesday, August 2nd. So Tuesday, August 2nd is tomorrow. So they are about to have this primary. And I'd like to uh, turn it over to you, uh, Chris. And uh, if you want to give a little bit of your background, uh, I introduced you a little bit, but uh, yeah. give us some insight, yeah, Chris. I've been, uh, I've been testing software for 25 years. And when I've tested websites, I've tested applications, I've tested probably everything under the sun. Um, I've never tested exact numbers like that, ever. If you're testing a website and you need to post numbers, I would put numbers in like one, two, three, four, five, six, so that if we need it that big, or put them backwards, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, so that we know that they're absolutely wrong numbers. Um, I've also never, ever had a situation where we accidentally went to production with a web page at any time in 25 years never happens so that's kind of um, my question before just before you go on when you say go into production because i have trouble going to production putting up a live stream for a podcast like i'm doing tonight which i'm fairly sure we've invested a lot less money into supposedly and is responsible for a lot less than uh you know <laughs> than our elections and, <laughs> and releasing the results. So if, how exactly does something like that get released? Well, it, it, it gets released through, an, through a very deliberate process. You set a time and you, and you work through and you, and you actually, after it's tested in a test environment of some nature, you move the pages to production. There is usually some kind of a smoke test done in production that just make sure you go to and see that the page actually comes up and is working. Uh, you don't do anything with it, but it's very quick. And then you and then you release and release the page. Um, it's not anything that happens in, by accident. Most people, you know, very few people will have access to actually put things into production. It'll just ha it, it has to be deliberate. And I would think a news agency who has done this over and over and over and over again. Every day they're putting up new news, new websites for news stories all the time. They know how to do this. They probably have it automated and, and have to click certain buttons for it to happen. It just doesn't go by accident. So Stephanie, so do, you have, um, <laughs> do you have any, any thoughts, any questions on that? <laughs> I do. I just sent to you two documents from the manual. Did you did you see that the election night reporting? Is document? that for? Uh, did you send those to my email? 
I just sent it to you in your channel there. Um, that oh, I, that you I, I see. I yeah. see. Got it. If, if you could throw those up, I, I'm curious if Chris has an opinion on this. So this is from the vendor manual regarding the election night reporting, how the results can be wirelessly reported. And to me, and I spoke with a number of experts about this, it, it's possible that a clerk may be doing logic and accurate testing would have triggered with a date the results being reported if they were programmed this election night reporting. So something we're discussing it not that um, there's there's four that I sent to the last two. Oh the last two. Okay. Okay, so this is the third one that you sent me. Um, is that the right one? Yes. Uh, and there's a second document. Correct. So if Chris could look at those, and I, I'm interested in the document. Okay, so I don't know if you can see that, Chris, but we were looking at 1408 state primary county general unofficial results. Um, and maybe Stephanie, if you want to explain exactly what it is sure. we're looking at. The other one that shows the diagram on how the results are reported. This one. And it shows yeah, that it the new. Yeah, I've not been part of actual election night reporting except in the election system printing out and creating a report. So they, they go through and basically every so often they choose a time frame if it's half an hour, an hour, or they do it on an ad hoc basis. They do an updated report and, and put it out and try to get percentages and those types of things. I've never seen them. I've never been involved with actually sending it to someone to do that. So um i i don't i really don't know how they would make the mistake of sending the information early i i just don't they've done this too many times every single day they make a new um a new web page for these for the new station to make the mistake of sending it wrong just i don't believe it can happen i think it has to be done deliberately so so chris the theory that was suggested to me and that's what i was interested in asking you about is that a clerk that was running logic and accuracy testing in advance of the primary could have accidentally put the date of the primary into the machine right and then it triggered possible pre-programmed results do automatically be sent to the news and populate on the web page, right? And, and then, then an explanation would need to be provided. So, so is is that possible in your opinion? No, it's not possible because the election, the, the database gets set up early so that they can program all of the election machines. None of the election machines have been 
have brought back any election data. Nothing's been loaded into the database. There's no data to populate. Uh, logic and accuracy testing on these machines doesn't, well, I mean, it happens, but on the touchscreen machines, it happens as they set them up. They set them up, it goes into an immediate test mode. They have to run a few tests, a few ballots through, and then they close out the test mode. Um, and then that machine is ready for the election. But the, the actual data, the actual memory card or cartridge or whatever it is nowadays doesn't change, doesn't get removed. It is sealed in with a tamper evident seal and they can't get it out. If they get it out, then there's a violation. These seals are broken. So none of that data actually gets to the election system, the central system, in order to populate anything for reporting. It just, it can't happen. Now, I know one of the things that we talked about, and so, you know, because we're, uh, a lot of times we, we get talking about this and a lot of the, some of the people who are listening, they, they totally do understand this, but I just want to, like, I want to break it down really, really, you know, simply for everybody, for everyone watching this. So number one, the fact that they released these results out in the media, not once, but two or three times across different networks on different days right. from a technological standpoint ridiculous yeah it can't happen in pot we'll call it impossible i don't like to use the right. word but frankly impossible right number two the number of ballots the fact that this and the other uh example and i'm going to zoom in i want everyone really to pay attention we showed this before 100 percent of precincts reporting you have the legitimate can the real candidates you have these very specific number of votes, and you have a lot of votes. So, Chris, does that happen? <laughs> no. Can you imagine the number of people you've got to have to put forth 900,000 votes? That's what you've got there, 900, 950,000 votes total. Imagine how many people it would take to plug all those votes into a machine or to make paper ballots to read through the counters you can't there, there's just no way a million votes if they're doing logic and accuracy testing my guess is the database was made two weeks ago or three weeks ago or whatever it is when they have the names there is a chance that dominion actually provides a service to program the database for the county for the state whoever whoever it is, and they send them the database, but nobody does logic and accuracy testing of the actual election because then they have to redo everything. That, that, that election database gets locked down and they have to discard it and start over. Um, there's, just, there's just no way. If there's any testing done, um, let's go back to the software, the software is certified by the federal government. The software may be certified at the state level. It may also be certified at the county level. Depends what the laws are. But once it's certified, it's done. They have to use the same software or they're supposed to use the same software all the time. It has to run through these steps. 
I find this interesting because right now we are currently underway in Colorado with a recount, right? And right. they have, we've had several candidates, we've had people telling us what's going on, uh, you know, live from the, from the counting center of the last few days. They, they, they had a bunch of delays. Um, it's taken now, you know, an entire day, I believe at least an entire day longer than they had, than they had thought. They weren't going to do anything yesterday. They ended up having to stay because they had so many delays with, uh, they changed the settings, um, you know, I, I believe to make the, uh, to make it more sensitive because it's a recount because, you know, and that's the secretary of state's rules here in Colorado. The, uh, those are the election rules. When you do a recount, they change the settings within the machines. Uh, to be more sensitive, and forgive me if I'm not using the right words, I'm curious as to why that would be the case if they, we're told that this is the gold standard. Uh, why wouldn't the original settings be sufficient? I, I do wonder. Um, but they've had now, during the, the you know, testing, before they actually ran any ballots, they were having you know, uh, a lot of, of these ballots being sent to adjudication. And from what I've heard, from what I understand, it was mostly... Uh, ballots that were, you know, they had empty fields, so like down ballot races that didn't have, uh, you know, all the uh, all the choices filled in. They're all getting sent to adjudication. Um, but what I'm hearing and what they're describing, what I'm aware that the process has been in order to begin this recount, and in fact, ha test the machines to do this logic testing. I don't see anything resembling any process or any amount of ballots or anything that would potentially if they're saying this is a test of the system result in that so are no, we to, chris are we to believe that there's like some completely different magical process that would allow results that would you know equal close to a million votes or well yeah about a million votes just under that to to be tested i don't i don't, I don't no. understand and this is the, important the primary is the, tomorrow right no there, there's no test that gets run at that level ever not at the federal level when you're certifying. When you're certifying the software, they don't run a million votes through anything. There's just no time. You can't, I mean, you've got one or two people certifying the software. They do a code review. They request or force changes to be made because of the code review. And I've never understood what changes, I just know that some have been made. Um, they run a few ballots through, either through the touch screens or through the paper machines that read paper ballots, and it's just a few. You know, to sit down and fill out 50 ballots, that takes an hour minimum. It may take longer because you're reading off of a spreadsheet of what you're trying to match up to. So it could get just to fill the ballots out. Nobody wants to spend that kind of time doing it. And so, Stephanie, I have a question for you. Um, Chris is, is uh, revealing a lot of his experience. You know, I, we were talking with CanCon, we've been talking with, with several people about this and how none of it makes any sense. And none of the uh, reasoning that they give for these results with actual numbers, with actual candidates being released a week ahead of the primary. And I have one, I have one big question for you, Chris, after this, but uh, given what you're seeing, Stephanie, with the, the Secretary of State numbers, like, what are your biggest concerns for the primary tomorrow? <laughs> uh, your, mute, your audio is muted, Stephanie. And as we see the continued assault on our privacy, on our freedoms, 
and the information war we find ourselves in, it's always important to protect your online activity. So if you're tired of feeling like someone's always watching you on the internet, or maybe advertisers know a little bit too much about you, if you're concerned about the privacy of your identity, using incognito mode will not solve the problem. IPVanish VPN is here to protect your right to privacy and help you stay anonymous online. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IPVanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online, and it's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed. So whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners of Conservative Daily Podcast, and you get a 30-day money-back guarantee. So you're getting nine months for free. On top of that, it's an awesome deal. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you do is tap one button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's running. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to ipvanish.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily and claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com forward slash daily. Sorry. Um, I, I want to understand what Chris is saying. Chris believes that it was del- deliberate that these results were released. Is that correct? You know, I, I can speculate what happened. The stories I've read talk about that it was the news station that was testing their web page and they just threw some numbers out there, but they threw some very specific numbers. Nothing, if I were testing it, nothing like I would have tested, but it would have never gone to production with data to be posted. It would have never happened. So I just want to understand what likely happened. That was my next question. (laughs) That was my next question. Let's go, let's go. Well, full speculation on this is, given everything we've seen over the last two years, I believe they're coming up with an answer. They have programmed an answer. They have it ready to go. The votes that occur won't matter. They've got their answer. They've got their results. It was sent out early so that the news stations could have the numbers available for tomorrow to present when they're told counting is done. Because you don't want to wait till tomorrow. Whoever wants to commit the fraud, who has the authority to, to do that? Is it the Secretary of State? I don't know. Is it Dominion? I have no idea. Is it them working together? Uh, when I was working for them, I am convinced that Sequoia was working with the state of Colorado to commit fraud. I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, so, so maybe Chris, if... Oh, Paula, I, I'm so sorry. I no, go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go so, ahead. <laughs> when I asked you the question, Chris, with the, the picture of the election night reporting, someone gave the hypothetical to me, and they weren't sure, that potentially the machine program right? And not that the small amount of 
logic and accuracy testing ballots would trigger those results on the news. But that the pre-programmed official election results were inadvertently released. So is that what you understood I asked earlier? That's what I was trying to if, ask. Is that you know, you know, this has nothing to do with how the systems work or how I how they were working when I was there. Um, to get numbers like that is not done through any type of any kind of accuracy testing, any kind of logic testing. It's not done at that level. You don't test a million ballots. You test 10, 15, 20 normally. You might test 50, but that takes a long time and you get the recording correct and make sure the ballots are made right. It's it's harder than you think. No, I, I hear you on the testing. I'm not asking about testing. So you're saying they had planned results, I'm right? saying... I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out if this is possible. Is it possible that the machine had pre-programmed results that were inadvertently released to the news? Oh, I think that's very possible. I think that they come up with what if someone's committing fraud. If if I were going to commit fraud with an election, I would have the answers to everybody to report early, so they had time to program whatever they need to program on a web page to display it. I would get them the information real early. I wouldn't wait till the last minute because then you don't know what they're going to get. You don't know how quickly they're going to get it. I would have it available to them. Okay, so I have a question with what you just said, um, specifically that you would give it to them early. So, and I'm gonna, I'm just say what we are speculating here is that it appears that the Secretary of State, the vendor in the state of Michigan, which is Dominion, they have contracts with Hard InterCivic Inter and Dominion as well as the media have in some way clued together in order to uh, predetermine an election result in some sort of, uh, <laughs> in some sort of collaboration. Am, am, is that correct, what we're speculating here, Chris? That's what I'm speculating because there's no way to actually run a logic and accuracy test at this level. Okay, number two. Here's my next question. With what you just said, you would have it ready so that they could have time to, you know, get it all ready and uh, they wouldn't have to fumble. We saw in the, and I'm thinking about one very specific thing. We saw in the election in the primary here in Colorado just, you know, a month ago, uh, July, or, uh, yeah, June 28th, that there were election results, some of these precinct results, that were released in Google Drive, which is fascinating because to my knowledge, and I believe to Joe's knowledge, who I believe would know much more than me, but know very well, that there's no kind of API or some connection that you could, uh, in real time, you could, you know, push numbers into a, a Google Drive in order to have that ready to display the counts that have come in. You have you have any thoughts on that? Because to me, knowing that, that sounds a little bit like what you just described. Yeah, I, I don't know about Google Drive and, and any APIs in there. If you don't know of anything, then they could post it to a Google Drive. Lots of people could get access to the Google Drive and, down, and download a spreadsheet. That would be easy to do. I've done it. Well, but my point is, how are they populating the document? How are they populating a spreadsheet in Google Drive 
with all this data coming in from the county, with all this data coming in from precincts? How are they getting that quickly? What that's that would be something you would either need to paste in there from another from some other document or some other Excel or, so, or a CSV, or you would need to manually input that data. Why would they? Why would they do it that way, anyways? Is it possible that they were I doing don't. that? And anything's. I, I think anything's possible. Um, if you're talking fraud, they'll find a way. But there's, you know, I think it's entirely possible to create whatever you want because all of the data is just in a database. You can create whatever you want through standard SQL statements and populate a database. And since they know the database and how it's laid out, they could easily populate whatever numbers they want, plug them into a database, they can do it remotely, they can even do it on the machine itself. That's how they were doing it back when I was there. That's how the fraud was occurring. They had a separate program that was going, allow people going into the database, make changes, and then they could, they were bragging that they could back out and not leave any sign that anybody had gone in. All right, can we? Be, so, Stephanie, if you want to ask a question about that, please go ahead. But uh, I want I want to <laughs> after that, <laughs> if you do have a question, because uh, I know you've been on the show before last year. Uh, but if you could just now that we are in the middle of a recount, now that we have had. Uh, all the information that's come out of Michigan, out of the case that Stephanie's working on in Pennsylvania, uh, we have them on camera committing fraud. We have them on camera violating the law. We have them on camera getting rid of election evidence, uh, you know, and, and material that should be preserved by law. We have the Mesa reports, on and on and on. Uh, so, Chris, if you could just give us, you know, one more time since it's been a while and maybe some things that you filled in since then, you just said a lot of very big things. <laughs> yeah, I did. So I'll uh, I'll turn it over to you if if you don't have anything to, to ask before he does that, Stephanie. No, I, I have questions. Uh, so when he said that they can change the results and then I think he used the term back out, uh, is he referring to a vendor? Yes. Okay, can you explain that process? Well. Not exactly, but what happened, this was back in 2007. What happened back then is on a conference call, the CEO of Sequoia was bragging that he had employees that on election night could go into a database with a separate program, modify the database if they thought they needed to, whatever needed to meant, and back themselves out and nobody would ever know that they had gone in. That's what was and, bragged about. That set off all kinds of alarms in my head. And could this be done remotely? Yes, they were doing it remotely. And, and live? Yes, on election night. They were doing it while things were going on. They were, they were using a separate program. Do you know that's what, what they, That's program? just what they, I think it was a homegrown program they wrote. You can access a database. A database just sits out there. It's being accessed by the election software or it can be accessed by any other means, any other thing that they wanted to. And so they can go in and make any changes they want at any time. Okay, so do you know, was it a program? And I know you, you 
you said probably a homegrown program they went did do you have any idea was it something they were running in the machines some program locally that they had preloaded is it something i mean because we know that machines are connected to the internet i mean you know we had spitzer rubenstein who was sitting on on unauthorized uh you know wi-fi right right in the hotel and that's on record They, they have that in the gableman report they have that very 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 clearly that he can monitor this in real time. We know that they can come in. We know that these things are vulnerable. And now we've had a, a primary which defied all logic and reason. And uh, I think uh, either confused or angered everyone in Colorado who actually uh, knew these candidates well. Now we have some absolute lunacy that you just described in Michigan with a primary coming up tomorrow. That doesn't sound like the gold standard to me. That sounds like absolutely designed to defraud the American people, and is just confirmation of everything that we've been uh, we've been finding out over the last two years. Unfortunately, is there any other explanation for that, Chris? Not to me. I mean, somebody might be able to come up with something, but no, not to me. I think I think they're predetermining outcomes. I think they are sending them early, and I think that they have a program to try to make the database look appropriate, whatever appropriate is, for, for what they want to do. And they being whoever is committing the fraud. Do you see a remedy to this, Chris? Short of, you know, a full forensic audit, short of getting access to the code, short of getting access to the log files, which they refuse to give us, short of perhaps after that uh, taking every Dominion machine and building it into a monument, uh, you know, using them as, as bricks. You know, I, I don't know because they can, if they can access the database, they can make it look any way they want to. And I will remind everyone before we go on that as we fight to take back our country and as we are all preparing for the future that lies ahead of us, how important it is for you to protect your family and prepare yourself to be able to do so. We're blessed to have a relationship with DCF Guns here in Colorado. They have three locations, one in Castle Rock and two down in Colorado Springs, Uh, but they have a ton of inventory. It's one of the things I love about DCF. They consistently have more inventory than anywhere else that I've, I've seen. If you need a handgun for concealed carry, if you need something to protect your home, go to DCF Guns at any of their locations. Uh, If you go to dcfguns.co, which is what you're looking at right now, you can go straight to their online store and you can check out the things that they do currently have in stock right now. Make sure that you get something that's appropriate and most importantly, make sure that you get some training. You can do that at DCF Guns. They offer some great training by some really, really phenomenal instructors. So go get something that's going to work for you, that's going to allow you to be prepared Get ammo, magazines, whatever you need. They have safes. And most importantly, get training, get familiar with the weapon that uh, you choose, and make sure that you and your family are protected. So that's DCF Guns in Castle Rock and in Colorado Springs. They have two locations there. Go to dcfguns.co to go straight to their online store. Stephanie, do you have any questions on that? I know, like, this is a, this is a big day because, again, we have the primary tomorrow. There is a primary in Michigan tomorrow. There are more primaries coming up in other states. There, I believe, uh, I believe Arizona has a primary tomorrow as well. 
I think you're right. I think so. Um, I think it's a solution. It's, it's getting rid of the machine, right? You can't have foreign countries backing. <laughs> so, sorry. <laughs> the ballots, right? You can't have remote logons like Chris is talking about manipulation. You have transparency when the clerk counts the ballots by hand. So I do see a solution, and, and we need to move back to clerks hand counting the ballots, which is legal out of states. So anywhere that that should be happening, in my opinion, for November 22. Stephanie, with I know you've got other lawsuits. I'm not going to ask you about them because I know there's a lot going on. Um, do you see what uh do you see what you're what you've been working on do you see the uh further de developments that you just shared today what we learned last time about the epv sticks about the uh you know irreconcilable differences between the information that came from secretary of state between that was on the on the disc between what chris is sharing with us do we have a legal remedy going forward to fix any of this especially with primaries tomorrow we do if we stop using machines, right? That's the big takeaway is that you can't audit the elections when these machines are used. There's 27 different pieces that need to be looked at, right? The imaging of the EMS and comparing it to all of the other data. And that takes, it's time consuming. It can't be done in a timeline that is efficient to meet the statutory guidelines and contesting an election. So we've created a really complicated situation that we can't audit. And that's why we need to move to hand counting the ballots. Chris, I know uh, we, we've had this conversation on the show before, but we do have LSRs asking how do the how do the election machines, how does it generate fractional ballots? And we know this is a, a function of the machines. How do you have yeah. fractions of ballots? I've, I've never tested anything like a fraction of a ballot, ever. The, the testing I did was ballot by ballot. The, I was surprised at the different types of elections that were available in different states. Um, I've never seen an election where I had to choose three out of 10 candidates before. Um, and I think that's where the fractional code comes in. But we never tested anything. Before that phone call that I was on, I would have been the guy you know, waving the banner that there is no way fraud can happen with these machines because I tested those machines. I knew how they worked. And assuming nobody went into to, to uh, change the database, there was no way to commit fraud in my mind. But what, after that phone call, and they're saying they've written, they wrote a program to go in and make changes. I never thought I would trust them again. I never thought it would get to this level because I didn't really believe that there would be the number of people available with so um, little integrity that would allow it. But I believe it now. So I'm gonna, now that I've asked all these questions, because 100%, uh, I think it's clear to everyone, well, everyone on this call certainly, but everyone watching, we need to get rid of the machines. And at this point, yes. I know I hear a lot of people saying, don't vote, it's not worth it. Or I, I see all kinds of things. Leave this blank, do this, do that. No. Here's my opinion, and I want both of you, if you, you know, uh, 
let me let me know how this sounds. Number one, you absolutely have to vote. Because if we don't, we're just giving it to them. We need to give as much resistance. We need to get every single person to go in and vote so that they have to cheat, so that they have to steal it, and so that it's obvious. And further than that, what I think we should do, and this is rolled into you know the plan that I've been working on and that Joe's been talking about, the, the lesser magistrate plan. I call it two weeks to reclaim America because really, if you go by the numbers, that's all we need. You start with 10 people. Every day you go and get two people. Just I go today, I talk to two people, say, you ready to get in the gap? Uh, we need to stop this right now. We need to get rid of the machines. We need to tell our government, which is not really our government, that they must listen to us. They do not have the right. They do not get to ignore the will of the people anymore. They do not get to tell us what reality is. They do not get to select our future for us with these fraudulent machines, with these sellouts who've been selling out Americans, who've been selling out the country for our entire lives, and have now, by rolling out this, uh, this COVID agenda, by rolling out all these unbelievable atrocities on the American public, they've been killing people. This is mass murder. It's fraud in unseen levels before. And so you just get two people every day. You tell them, cool, tomorrow you get two people. And they do the exact same thing in two weeks. If you just get two people every day, we have nearly 16 million people in this country who are ready to show up and say, hey, we're done. We've had enough. So here's, I think, something that, uh, that could make a difference. We do exactly that. Come the election, every single person, you show up and you vote, but you do it in person. Every single person. You take work off. You, you know, I don't know, hire someone who... Uh, who you can take turns with. You go vote first thing in the morning. They watch the kids. Then the rest of you go vote. Every single person. We get everyone to vote in person. Make it so hard for them to steal it because we know they're going to steal it. We know they're going to steal it in Arizona. We know they're going to steal it in Michigan. We know that they're going to steal it everywhere. The only times that people actually get elected who are chosen by the people is when they can't hide it, when it's undeniable, when they can't fudge the numbers. And it looks like they've gotten a lot better at that. So if we get every single person to go in and vote in, and, and vote in person on that day, no early voting, no mail-in ballots, none of that. Every single person shows up and votes in public. Is it going to stop them from cheating? No. But what it will do is now you have such a massive number of people who see the results, the pre-programmed results, who see what happens despite all of that. And then you have enough people who go, hmm, I get it. I get it. What do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think everybody has to vote. The more they have to cheat, the more likely they are to get caught. So everybody has to vote. I, I like your idea, um, but I, I think that people should make the effort to go to their clerk's office and demand that the machines are not used. Uh, I think that actually fixes more problems prior to the election. I 100% agree. I'm hoping more for the primaries because I don't uh, Right now, we, like in the next few weeks, any elections that do happen, and uh, I know we're, we're very, very close, but my hope is that everybody shows up. And you go tonight, if you're in Michigan or you are in Arizona or any of these places that do have a primary in the next, in the next week or two, you go to every single person on your block. You call every single person in your phone. 
you email every single person you have contact for and you say, we are all going in person, we're going to vote. And put as much pressure on them to make a mistake. And the big, the big job that we do have is exactly that. We need to everybody show up, which is taking up a lot of momentum right here in Colorado and El Paso County. And it's spreading uh, massively. Is we need to show up and w exactly what you said, Stephanie. We need to tell them, sorry, we're not doing this anymore. You don't get to use these machines, and then you charge the taxpayers hundreds of thousands of dollars to do a recount so that we can even have a chance at accountability. You respect the will of the American people. You get rid of these waste of garbage. I mean, garbage doesn't even come close. These waste of space, waste of money, uh, like, I mean, demonic, you know, tyranny machines. I, don't, I, I can't find the words without cussing. Uh, you get them out. And you either get them out or you get out. Two choices. And in some cases, you guys have one choice. You get out and they get out. <laughs> and then do a FOIA request and see if we're in the 22% of the list that you went, but you didn't vote. Yeah, so I, want, <laughs> I want to talk to that part of the list. <laughs> well, they all insist that they vote, which makes sense. Like, who gets out of bed to go register and then goes through the trouble of registering and then doesn't vote, right? five people, 10, but not 22%, it's almost 8,000 people. Yeah, there's a lot of things that have to happen. We have to stop same-day registration. We have to stop the machines completely. They're proven to be nothing but fraudulent. They know how to get in. They know how to make the changes. They can even change the images if they want to. You know, it's in the manuals. So, it's in the right. patents. Yeah. Which images talking The image cast machines. When they, when they read the paper ballots in, it maintains an image on the hard drive. You can go in and replace it, change it. That's the Ben Cotton report, Apollo. Yeah, yeah, that was found. He said they're, oh, they're, they're, they store the images as PNG files. They have the, uh, you know, the, the voter images, you know, of the ballots. They're in PNG format. Tell me. Chris, is that, does that sound secure to you? You're, you're more of an expert on some of this tech than I am. Is a PNG format, does that make sense? Yeah, there, there is. It's just an image format. But it can be, I mean, I can pull up PNGs on my computer, my little laptop, and make changes to it. It's not hard. I do it if every you know day. <laughs> if you know what you're doing, and have a, you can even have a program go in and do it if you want to. You know, they spent a lot of time, I think, creating programs. I think um, Eric Coomer and maybe others were spending a lot of time creating fraudulent programs. I didn't know anything about them, but I think they worked with the central um, computer that created the election. I think that's where the database is, and I think that that they had it working together or they could go in log in from wherever they were sitting and make whatever changes they wanted to make i want to jump back a little bit chris you said that until the point that you would have defended the security of these machines until the point that you were on that call was that was that what you said yeah what call I was that the biggest cheerleader that was a call in august of 2007 where the CEO admitted, just flat out admitted and announced that they were committing election fraud. 
And how did he admit that? He said he was very happy he had employees that when there were when there was a quote big enough problem or some I don't remember his exact words but a problem of some nature that needed to be corrected he had employees that would go in make the changes and back themselves out such that nothing that they, nobody would know they were ever there. Was All right. He talking so, about the results? go ahead, Stephanie. Talking about was, what? Was he referring to the election results? He was referring to getting into the database to make changes. He did not specify what changes were made. He just said to make the changes that were necessary. Something to that effect. I don't remember his exact words. It was a long time ago. But once you get into the database, you can make any change you want anywhere. It's not hard. Once you're in the database, you can make anything. I mean, you know, we had a, there, there was video immediately after the election. People were going in very simply. Uh, there, this was all over YouTube. They're still up there. You go in, you just change the field for the candidates and like, oh, look at that. You can switch the results between two candidates or three. And then you have these weird flips like what happened in the primary here. I mean, it, it's over. It's over. Yeah, especially if Dominion is creating the election for the county or for the state or whatever they're creating it for, they know exactly. They have it right in front of them. Then they just send them a copy of it. It doesn't leave their their system. They have it right there. They know exactly what needs to be done. And if they have access to the internet, you're you're nothing they can't do. All right, everyone. So. I'm trying to remain calm, listening to all of this. I've, you know, we've we've yeah. heard a lot of these ideas before. You have right here. You have Chris York. This man worked on testing for Sequoia, which later, you know, morphed by some permutation into into Dominion. He worked with Eric Coomer. He's seen he's seen this firsthand. You have Stephanie Lambert, who's been working tirelessly on the legal front. If you missed the episode that we did that went through the cotton report if you haven't seen that report please go to stephanie what is it stephanie lambert stephanie lambert.com stephanie lambert.com you can find those they're up on her site i actually just showed a couple of people uh over the weekend but we have enough we have enough information we know what is going on we know what they are doing are they going to admit it no so if you have a primary, show up in person. Every single person you know, every single person you can connect with on social media, show them this episode, direct them to Stephanie's website. We need every person to show up on election day and vote, and then immediately after that, because you know what's going to happen. They're going to steal it like they don't want Carrie Lake to be, uh, to be elected. They don't want Ryan Kelly in Michigan to be elected. They do not want Jerome uh, Davison in Arizona to be elected. They do not want America First, We the People candidates to be elected. So they will cheat. And when that happens, every single one of you, every one of you and everyone you know, you go down to the offices and you demand that they stop the charade. You demand. I don't care if your candidate wins. 
There should be a million people within like 24 hours. Every capital, every clerk's office, your entire community should be there. Because it doesn't matter whether it's a Republican, doesn't matter whether it's a Democrat that won. We do not have a future if we do not stand up and, and tell them that they have to stop. If we do not stop them. The Dominion machines are called Dominion machines for a reason. Either of you disagree with that? I'm not well, sure what you're I, getting at. It's from the Bible. The Dominion that oh, God oh. gave us over the land, earth, and the water. They want to replace it with the, the Dominion of these lizards who want to tell us who wins and who loses, who want to tell us, you know, that we can't grow food in our garden and uh, we have to take a COVID shot and we need to suck it up and give it more tax money. That Joe Biden is the most popular president in the history of America. I think it's time for, I mean, we, we've had like the Great Awakening. Everyone's talking about that. I think it's time for the Great Activation. Well, Apollo, you asked what I thought about what you just said, and I, I think that the FOIA requests are really important. So I think what you said to go vote, but then people need to follow up with accountability what the data shows. Can we do a master class for everyone in Michigan to FOIA and around the and like around the country? Because we, we have some people working on that here. We're telling everyone, Cora, the Secretary of State, Cora, everything. That's here in Colorado. We had uh, we talked about Tina Peters and what the people in Mesa were doing, and uh, the Secretary of State here, Cora, everything, every correspondence between these people, and not just one person, like everyone you know, all of you do it. Bombard them, make them go sleepless, because they have so many records requests. Well, I think that's important because that's where we have found problems with the data. So they want to call it a big lie, conspiracy theory. Um, but this is the Secretary of State in Michigan's data. It's not my data. It's not an expert's data. It's not one of my clients' data. It's her data. And her data shows that 22% of the people that went to do same-day registration did not vote. And that does not make sense. And then it shows 51% of the same people uh, are reflected as absentee voters. And that also doesn't make sense. So I'm interested in her explaining that conspiracy theory to us. You said the word. You said the conspiracy word. I just want to, we're all proud conspiracy theorists here. Thank you for reminding me, Stephanie. Uh, well, I think her reflects that it was the most secure election in history, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll call this the gold standard podcast from now on. Well, if well, this was the most, the other ones look like, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's a good it's a good question and you know i'd like to look back and see some of those but at this point it doesn't matter we, we need to focus on we need to fix 2020 but it's all wrapped up in one in, in one package we need to fix 2020 and we need to get the elections now we need them fixed we need the machines gone we need people to show up we need people having so many eyes on the drop boxes on their where the ballots are going like we need poll watchers I'm going to deputize everyone right now. We've talked about this before, but we saw with, with 2,000 mules. If you have any obligation that you feel to stop what is going on, if you have any allegiance 
to the Constitution, if you care what happens to your children, if you are tired of the lies and the deceit, if you are tired of the fraud, which we all know exists, put some eyes on them. Take shifts. Get with your neighbors. Watch the drop boxes. Watch the offices, the counting centers, everything. Become a poll watcher. These are things that we should be running to do. Not like thinking, oh, well, Janet's doing it, so I don't need to. We should be running. We should be running full speed ahead, every one of us, and recruiting people to help us. We have eyes on. That's where we catch them in the mistakes. We all go vote and vote in person. That's where we catch them in the mistakes. We all request the records. That's where we catch them in the mistakes. That's what we've seen time and time again. This is all hands on deck right now. I don't know. Am I off the mark, Stephanie? <laughs> I think we lost Chris. <laughs> Did we lose him? Um, well, I, I think that people need to be proactive in how the election is being conducted. That's my opinion. That's what I suggest. Because then people go to the clerk, sit down, talk through some of the reports, and convince them just can't count the ballots. Because Chris said something important earlier. He said that you know, he was talking about the integrity of the, the vendor. That's not something that's elected or vetted by the community. The, the clerk is vetted by the community. So that's the person trusted to count the votes, and that's who should be counting the votes. Yeah, 100%. Well, Stephanie, I know we've, uh, I know uh, I didn't plan on having you the whole time, but I'm really glad we got to. Um, I will, I'll give you know? it to you. I know, I know you're going to have more updates coming. Um, but number one, I want to make sure that people know where they can support you. It is Stephanie Lambert and that's Stephanie with an F dot com. Um, so this is it on the screen. S T E F A N I E L A M B E R T dot com. Um, she has the briefs from these lawsuits and there's a, there's a ton of information. Uh, so please do go there. Uh, but St Stephanie, I'll give you the final word. Uh, I want to know how people can support you. And like you said, what is important that people do? Because we need more. You are doing amazing work. There are so many people doing amazing work. Other attorneys in Michigan and all over the all over the country. Uh, we know there are a lot of people putting effort into this. But in your in your mind, we have millions of people who can do something. We have millions of people who want to do something, and maybe they don't. So what what would you have them do? They're they're making a difference. FOIA requests and sending them to my office. We're reviewing each and every one of them. We appreciate their work. Um, they can also take the expert reports. We're putting a new one up uh, this evening uh, that they can take a look at, uh, and we can maybe discuss that soon on the show um, and continue to look at the evidence and speak with their local clerk and demand change in their election system because we need fair and accurate elections moving forward. Fair and accurate election sounds like a, a crazy idea, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we'll definitely have you back on. Stephanie, just let me know uh, Let me know as soon as you're ready to go, and I'll get you on immediately because, uh, you know, there's so much going on, and I want to make sure that we are we're keeping current. We, we keep seeing, well, the lawsuits all failed. Well, there's nothing to see here, and it's, it's beyond untrue, and... It, Part of me says we don't need to see any more expert reports, but then every time that I do see one, you know, it just it, it's like a little bit more fuel to 
to the fire. So uh, let me know when, when you're ready, and we'll definitely have you back on. Thank you very much for all the work that you're doing, and uh, I look forward yeah, look forward to taking back America. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Bye, Stephanie.